1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Fan early morning show on a Friday. I'm Austin Bechtel, pleased to be with you. What a game. What a game it was for the Pittsburgh Penguins last night. Four to nothing winners against the Colorado Avalanche. Coming into the game... You know, I I think you'd really have to be naive to think that the Penguins could go in there and dominate the Colorado Avalanche. Yes, at home, but an undefeated team clicking on all cylinders. Just an overall fantastic team. I don't know how you stop Colorado. 6-0 and on the year, a team that it's pretty much in every result taking care of business in the central. And they've had a bunch of wins by multiple goals. Islanders seven to four. Hurricane six to four. Four nothing against the Blackhawks, who the Penguins lost to after having a two nothing lead on opening night. Four to one at the Kraken. Shootout win against the Sharks. And what do you know? The Pittsburgh Penguins. Don't care and take care of business. Nathan McKinnon, shut out. Thomas Tatar, nothing. Cal McCarr, nothing. Great performance. Credit Tristan Jari. Shutout for Jari. He's somebody that you know, I've been pretty tough on. I didn't like the five-year contract. I still don't like the five-year contract that the Penguins signed him to in the offseason. Partly because of inconsistency. And when you look at the season so far for the Penguins, and especially, specifically looking at Tristan Jury, he's 2-3 and three on the year. He made 31 saves. Did not allow a puck to get past them. Yeah, the St. Louis game, the Detroit game, not great. His goals against average on the season... 224, a 917 save percentage. But he's already got two shutouts. It's just what confuses me. Really confuses me about Tristan Jari. And it's because I just I just want to see more. And that might be a tough sentence to say, just because you know, what more do we already have to see from Jari? We we know who he is, right? We know the type of player that he is. We know that he's going to come out there and one game he looks like Martin Brodeur and the next he looks like Casey Smith, worse than Casey Smith, whatever goalie you want to throw out there. He was good last night and what was even better though is that the boys were buzzing. They were moving. I mean, the Penguins looked fast. Quick. They had a jump step on Colorado and just seemed generally more interested in playing the game. I mean, truly, when I watched that game last night, it appeared to me that the Penguins were just quicker to pucks, better against the wall, and overall, just looking like a team at home that had more confidence than the Penguins really should have after coming off of three straight losses that, I mean, truly weren't even close. 4-1 to the Stars Tuesday, that bad loss at the Blues, 4-2 Saturday, at the Red Wings, 6-3. You can't lose to the Red Wings. Lars Eller was the catalyst. I know the Red Wings are 5-2-1, and but still a team that's been down in the dumps for years. Blues are also over 500, but the Pens are 7th in the Metro. Good old reliable, though. Sidney Crosby has kept this thing afloat. The Penguins went from disinterested in that Stars game to the most attentive team to detail against Colorado. Look, maybe that's just what this team is. One of the oldest teams in hockey... Crosby now five goals, three assists in seven games. Shout out Lars Eller. Somebody who, when the Penguins brought him in, I thought would be a pretty solid acquisition. Somebody that you can throw in really anywhere anywhere in your forward pairings. Anywhere on the, say, bottom six. Because the Penguins have not had any depth in the bottom six the last couple of years, really. And they've been the detriment of the team the last couple of years. Lack of production from Jeff Carter. Some injuries. You think of you know, Zach Ashton Reese no longer being here. Some of the other guys, Teddy Bluger, that have played a role in that bottom six that really on the fourth line, made the fourth line go. We're far way away from the HBK line. But Lars Deller is somebody that can bring a spark. He played well. Two goals in the game to help jumpstart the Penguins and just being able to get out to an early lead. Get the confidence going again for Tristan Jari. Here's what Lars Deller had to say.
3: Shows, show ourselves that you know this is how good we're capable to be uh, when we're on top of our game and this is the kind of Effort and structure uh, that we need to play with every game, and then we can we can do uh, great things and, and still have you know play fun hockey and, and score goals. Uh, it doesn't have to be one or the other. You know, I think a lot of good defensive plays led to to offensive chances, and um, those things you know go hand in hand, and that showed well today. I think. Lars, what do you? Th- how about Jari getting a shutout against that Kansas? Yeah, uh, happy for him. He he, he was fighting, fighting. That, like every time we needed a big save, especially on PK, he uh, he came up huge for us. And uh, you know, I think the, the game was by no means over at um, maybe until the fourth one because uh, they're an explosive offensive team. So um, he, he, was, uh, he was great tonight.
0: Lars, you you talked after the game Tuesday. What do you think keyed this response or this effort that we saw tonight?
3: I think the play, like without the puck, the willingness to do the right thing, stay stay above their guys and be on the right side defensively and fight for loose pucks and, and you know, have a strong defensive game. And I think the willingness to do that, the commitment was there. And then that brought us, uh, that led to good offense.
2: A couple things I take away from there. First of all, the play of Jari. The players see it. The players obviously show it. I mean, he was. Huge against maybe the best team in hockey. I mean, that's not fair fetch to say, right, about Colorado. I would not be one bit surprised if they win the Stanley Cup this year. Nathan McKinnon and the boys over there. Cal McCarver might be the best defenseman in hockey. Probably is the best defenseman in hockey. A great overall performance from Jari to shut them down. And yeah, you know, I think back to something that Rob Rossi said on opening night, right here on 93.7 The Fan, before the first game of the year. Look, this team, if they're up by two goals, three goals, or if they're down by two, three goals, they're must-watch. Because you don't know what's going to happen. And Jari shut the door on that. Also, the fight, the effort that Eller turned to, he pointed to, as one of the main reasons why this team was able to do something different. And I, the thing that just bothers me about this team you know they were lifeless against the stars and the Blues and then they come out against Colorado and look like a team that generally can win the Stanley Cup I mean I don't know if it's just you know early season and there's not as much focus yet and there's still a lot of new guys playing together and I do think playing at home against a team of this quality, yeah, that has a, I think that has somewhat of a factor, somewhat of a point to play. And you're still trying to get Carlson in the mix, working in. Lars Eller as well. There are a lot of new guys on the Penguins. As a horn has been around on the fourth line, now getting him back up from, from wilkes Bear. Ryan Graves, get him into the mix in the defensive pairings. Knock on wood, everybody's stayed healthy so far this year. Sid, Gino, Gensel, hang. Let, Riley Smith, Eric Carlson, they played every game. Marcus Patterson. Drew O'Connor in limited minutes has been solid. I like Achari as well in the bottom six. He brings that toughness. He's physical. Lars Eller's physical. I mean, seeing him play for other teams in the past, He's just somebody that is not afraid to go at guys. You know, one team that Lars Eller previously played for, the Washington Capitals, you know, you saw it. Playing against him for so many years. He's a tough guy. And he stays on the rink. He's out there consistently all the time. He played for Colorado last year. He knows the quality of that team. When he played for Washington, 81 games, 81 games, 81 games, 69 games, 44 games, 72 games. He played 84 games last season. 84 games? There's only 82 games in the season. And he played 84 after going from Washington to Colorado. 60 games with the Caps, 24 with Colorado. And with the Penguins, he's been a productive player. He's been a good player. And, I, I mean, I don't think there's that much more that you could ask for from Lars Eller and some of these younger guys that the Penguins are trying to put it into the mix because it's mostly just an old team. It's a veteran team. Riley Smith with two goals, Lars Eller with a goal. It was Riley Smith with the two goals, my apologies, not Eller. Eller had a goal, Riley Smith with two. And, of course, Sid also found the back of the net, Rustin Gino with assists, Jake Gensel as well. Adler said, quote, this is the kind of effort and structure we need to play with every game. We can do great things and still play fun hockey and score goals. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Riley Smith is a terrific hockey player. Somebody who for Vegas was, was terrific in all aspects. Up against the wall, being able to lead the charge offensively as well. And playing him with, say, Gino, whoever. Man, it could open up a can of worms for really good things for the Penguins. And Riley Smith talked after the game about, you know, really the key of playing with Gino, playing with Malkin, and being able to find the back of the net.
3: Yeah, just try to keep an eye open for, for where he's at. Um, you know, he doesn't always look for the fastest lane to the net sometimes, just looking for space and uh, open ice. So, um he does a great job uh, when he has the puck on his on stick, so I just try to do that as best as possible and, and try to find uh, an open lane for myself. Riley, to that point, can you take us through that second goal and the patience he had and when, as you were watching it unfold in front of you there? Uh, yeah, you know, I think we did a good job coming back into the D zone and someone was able to pop a puck. Um, we had a lot of time and I thought the, the D's gap was um, pretty big for when we were coming in, so... Uh G did a good job kind of holding everyone and then being able to slide over a backdoor pass.
2: So the Penguins, a couple more games at home. Ottawa, Anaheim. I don't see why a winning streak can't be in the works. Senators, 3-4, and four, kind of a blah team. And then the Anaheim Ducks also at 3 and four, fourth place in the Pacific right now. He's still early in the season. You just kind of want to see the fight from this team on a consistent basis. And maybe it's just because there isn't a sense of urgency at the moment. I, yeah, I get that, but you know, it still can be frustrating when there's so many highs and lows right now. And you know, you look back how the season ended last year. I mean, I don't think I'm wrong on this. Okay. Think back with me. That Colorado, that, that game that right now about Colorado yesterday, it's one that, could jump start this team throughout the next couple games, go on a winning streak, grab some points, and be able to make some damage because just think about the Blackhawks game last year to end the year. Think about the Blackhawks game to begin this season. 2 nothing against a young team that's looking for more production, that wants to take a leap, but still isn't there yet. Last year was pretty much tanking at the end. Pretty much. I mean... They wanted their best shot at Connor Bedard, who they ended up getting anyway. Beat the Penguins and kept them out of the playoffs. Early season losses, and they're not talked about that much once we get further on and further on down the season. But those couple of games where maybe you take the night off and you don't play as hard and a team that isn't as good as you get you, that could be a game that coming down the pipe in march in april you look at it and you say man if we had that one it's a difference of 2 points it's a difference in 1 point just sending it to overtime so that's just my big gripe my big concern with some of these early season games and i understand you're not going to win every game i mean you can't be naive to think otherwise but the performance that the penguins put up yesterday against colorado was impressive good to see and truly I want to see more. I want to see more Riley Smith and Gino being able to work off of each other. I want to see more Jake Gensel playing the way that we all know that he is capable of. Depth scoring? Never heard of her the last two years. So it was great to see on full display as it did not have to be Gino, Gensel, Brian Ross. Sid did score. But it didn't have to be the main guys, Eric Carlson, playing the puck in the back of the net to get the job done. Coming up next, the Steelers got to get the job done against the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll talk about that. As well as the Pittsburgh Pirate getting, finally, finally, it's about dang time he gets recognition. Who is it? You probably know. We'll talk about it coming up next. Austin Bechold right here, Sports Radio 93.7 FM.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Oh, yeah, it's a football Friday. The Wake Up Show is presented by 84 Lumber, Put your positive attitude to work. At 84Lumber. Apply at 84Lumber.com. Dan Arlosky, he ran out of the back of the end zone with the Detroit Lions. But ever since that, it's been nothing but up. For Arlowski, he's an ESPN analyst. He is one of the best around. Fantastic job of breaking down plays, coverages, all the above. And he did so on NFL Live earlier this week and saying about the Steelers, he can't quit on them just yet. I agree with Coach
4: Tomlin. Yeah. The Steelers' offense is still very predictable, all that stuff. Two things I can guarantee you. Number one, they are going to throw go-routes or fades, potential back-shoulders to – George Pickens, I would, too, as well. Like, they motion Najee Harris. He's the only guy at the bottom of the screen. He's reading that safety. Does he hang for a little bit? If he does, if he does not go over the top and double-team, I'm throwing the ball to Pickens. And I'm probably going to throw it on a back shoulder because his ability to judge it is perfect. That is going to happen four or five times a game. The reality is if they hit two or three, they'll play okay. If they don't, they're going to play poorly. This is an out route to Deontay Johnson. Cut, split, the corner is outside. This is a very scary throw for quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, a, a running back that's trying to protect, linebacker coming free, defensive back still outside. Of. That ball's not perfect, it's picked and game over. That's that clutch throw. And this is the one to seal the game. Now Pickens is in the slot. Seven guys up at the line of scrimmage. Who's coming, who's not? Only four rushers. Everybody else drops out. This is a simulated pressure. Pickens is running down the middle of the field. Those linebackers, they're not deep enough. As I'm getting hit, I'm going to cut this ball loose, thinking that middle linebacker is not going to run through enough. And that is a play that essentially seals the game.
2: Basically, what Orlovsky is getting at, and that was all a lot of it fourth quarter plays, the Steelers, and really just allowing Kenny Pickett to drop it in the bucket. Since week five, Pickett has a total QBR in the fourth quarter of 83. That's second in the NFL. Now, Pickett deserves some credit. He still needs to be able to step up in the pocket, not spin out away when pressure is collapsing in on him. But a ton of the plays that we saw the Steelers making in the Rams game, as Orlowski alluded to, these are timing routes. All the Pickens play, the back shoulder routes against the sideline, yeah, you want to see them use the middle of the field a little bit, and they did This week. A lot of those plays are timing routes. Pickens is throw to Deontay Johnson over the middle. Slant route. Slant routes, you know, maybe, just maybe slant routes. People might say they're, oh, just utilized in like a high school offense. It's a high school type play. Slant routes are good. Deontay Johnson capitalized 15 yards off a slant route. The Steelers basically sealed the game on more of a post route. A deeper slant route to seal it. And Deontay Johnson along the sideline. Johnson definitely. We know how the big playability of George Pickens. And how Pickens and him have been on pretty much the same page. Having Deontay Johnson back. That's huge for this offense. Because it takes some attention away from Pickens. And teams can't double team him because they got to respect the $18 million man, number 18. So I think there's some good things that we've seen progressing from the Steelers' offense. It's not perfect. It won't be perfect. Nobody thinks it will be. But there's some good things that are coming from this team in the fourth quarter, and it's why you just can't say die on this team yet. They're 4-2. There's been comparisons to the Denver Broncos with Tim Tebow and Tebow and Kenny Pickett is a similar type of guy. That's not the case. I mean, Tebow at Florida National Championship level quarterback. Kenny Pickett was a Heisman finalist. A lot more flair around Tim Tebow. You know, he legitimately was just a poor quarterback. Where Kenny Pickett, I think, more has his more intangibles and just plays the position better. Yeah, the defense backs up both of the guys, but I don't really see that as a realistic thing that you can point to as a solid comparison just because I think the quarterbacks are different in the way that they play. Tebow was also a heavy run-oriented quarterback. Well, George Pickens, well, it seems like he uh, is excited, I guess, to face the Jacksonville Jaguars. <sighs> well, he called them a hope- defense what george explain speed off, you know personal connection george why is uh, jacksonville been susceptible for the pass i mean i think they have one of the worst pass defense especially the last three games i think they're last
3: yeah i uh, i think their d-line they depend on their d-line a lot uh, with their team you know having a lot of the first round guys on um, that D line, that's what they depend on a lot, and they kind of, you know, hope. You know
4: what I mean? Hope if the guys
2: hold up long enough. Hope. So it's kind of a hope defense. For sure. Speed off, you know, personal. What? A hope defense. <laughs> so that was posted on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, by Brian Backo, Richie Wallace. Asked the question. Thanks to those guys for that. Yeah, Jacksonville is second to last in total passing yards on the year. Allowing 274 yards a game through the air, but 4th in rushing yards allowed at 81. 23rd in total yards allowed at 365. I, I, I just, there are things that you can think and there are things that you can say. And I think this is partly why people have this opinion and thought process on George Pickens that he really can be a diva mentality and a diva personality. And if people didn't think this literally when he was drafted and he stood in front of the TV in what became a national meme, looking at the TV with his hood up and just kind of nodding at the TV, which was we all thought was funny at the time. I mean, it's still funny now. But, I mean, like, it was interesting. You didn't just automatically think, okay, George Pickens is a diva because of that. He battled some injuries at Georgia. Some inconsistencies. We all knew how good of a player he was at Georgia. Hell, I wanted the Steelers to draft him. I didn't know if they would, but I mean, I've seen him play in that Georgia offense and college, and he was just dynamic, explosive, big play guy. And that's what he is for the Steelers. I mean, he's their number one. He is their best wide receiver. He's their most talented wide receiver. Deontay Johnson right now is probably still their best all-around wide receiver in total route tree that he has at his disposal and what he can do with the football and everything in that nature. But there is a problem with George Pickens. It's slight. He's a great player. I'll take some lumps here and there because of how great he is. I'm not trying to characterize George Pickens as a bad guy and as somebody who we shouldn't stand behind and root for. I like George Pickens. I like him a lot. I think he's a fantastic wide receiver. I think overall, you know, a lot of guys that, you know, say things like this, they're they're characterized in ways really that they shouldn't, and they're over criticized. Should George Pickens be criticized for calling Jacksonville a hope defense? Yeah, a little bit. It's kinda of like saying it's like kinda of like Patrick Peterson saying, you know, the San Francisco forty nineers have tells and board material, I think it's a real thing. It, it can be a motivational thing. Yeah, if you're in the NFL, how much motivation do you really need? I understand that. I get that. But it's just something extra. Something extra that's just unnecessary. If George Pickens is saying that to Deontay Johnson or to Kenny Pickett or Mike Tomlin, okay. A little bit different than saying it to the media. I do like his honesty. Honesty is the best policy A term that's very often used, but is it? So I'm a little bit, I'm I'm concerned. Concern, panic, or doom? I'm concerned. I'm not panicking yet on George Pickens. We know how talented he is. I'm just hoping that the Steelers can kind of rein him in a little bit and just kind of say, George, I don't need to say that. We don't need 15-yard penalties for unsportsmanlike conduct, which seemingly has happened every week now. Is George Pickens becoming a diva? Eh. I'd side on yes more than no. But I'm not willing to, you know, go all in on one way or the other right now. I want to see more. And if his play continues to be as great as it has been, we'll see what happens. But I do want to see a little bit less talk and just continue to play well. And not create any distractions because it can be a real thing. Keep Ryan Hayes, Fielding Bible winner at third base. He's the Defensive Player of the Year. He just continues to rack up accolades. Should be the Gold Glove winner. Should be the Platinum Glove winner as the best defensive fielder really in all of baseball. It's the first time that SIS Baseball has given this honor as a part of the Fielding Bible Awards. He led all third basemen in defensive runs saved in 2023. The runaway leader in runs saved at third base since 2020. Cabrian Hayes, has been a, he's a star defensively for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And he's a finalist for the Gold Glove. Nolan Arenado is not. Arenado, who seemingly has won the last 10, I think it's 8, maybe 9 Gold Gloves. He's been fantastic at the hot corner. But Cabrian Hayes should have won it last year. He probably should have won it the year before. He's the best defensive player in the game. At third base, he's the best out of anybody. And it's good to see him get that recognition. The pre-show is next, right here on the fam. Yep. We
0: really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Mm-hmm.